Hello, and welcome to the Messy Truth About Leading People podcast with Nikki Roth, Rhea Welsh, and Gavin Fensmith. Hello, Nikki. Hey, Gavin. How are you? I'm pretty good, thanks. How are you doing? Good, good. We're going to talk about judging others. We've had some conversations with clients, particularly recently, but over, obviously, the course of our careers, we get this a lot. But particularly recently, we've had a few conversations with clients who ask us, why do I judge other people so much? Right. So we thought that might be quite a good conversation to have right now. How do you uh, want to frame it for us? Well, for one, I do want to say to judge as human, Mm. It's just part of our makeup as human beings that we have these shorthands that our brains register and, you know, out comes a critique. Right. And we're kind of sorting out the people I want to hang with and the people I don't want to hang with. Mm. And the unfortunate thing is, is that (laughs) there are times when that's a useful thing. But I would say at work and when you're a leader, it's definitely not so useful. And it really can become problematic if you're in a state of frequent critiquing and judging of other people. Right. So, and again, for us, we're particularly interested in leaders, people in positions of leadership at whatever level, but, you know, particularly perhaps at the top of organizations. So let's start with some definitions here. What do we mean when we talk about this idea of judging others? So the way I think about it is... Again, to remind everybody, I'm a psychologist by training. So the easiest way that I understand when we judge other people, we're actually projecting onto them something that we don't like about ourselves or that we feel insecure about in ourselves. So Mm. if I say, geez, Gavin, that was so stupid, or I'm thinking that was so stupid, Mm. really, I'm worried about the fact that maybe I'm not sounding so smart. Right. And you had a good example, didn't you, of one of your good friends now, right? who when you first met her, you were quite judgmental of her. Yes. So I was on an executive team and there were colleagues from all around the company, so all over the country, and we would convene routinely. And when I first met this person, I thought, oh boy, so not my cup of tea. She is such a bureaucrat and I'm such a macro picture thinker. I look at the whole thing. I see everything tied together systemically. And she was down to the disciplines and the order of things and the rules and the processes and all this. And I, my eyeballs just spun to the back of my head the second I heard her talking. And I thought, there's no friggin' way I'm ever going to be able to have a decent conversation with this person. Mm. And I kind of wrote her off early on. Then I, as time went on, there were things I liked about her and that I respected about her. And I saw that other members of the team respected her. And because she was actually a very likable person, I was able to kind of take a step back and say to myself, huh, maybe the reality here is that she's got mad, crazy skills that don't even come close to anything you know how to do. And so I wasn't intimidated by her per se in that kind of insecure thing. But I was deeming her as stupid or fuddy-duddy or, you know, just backwards. And I was the new thing. And I turned out to be incredibly wrong about that. Mm -hmm. And once I realized what my own inner head dialogue was saying, 
about how messed up she was, I realized it was really me that was messed up. And she became my go-to person. And she and I ended up collaborating on tons of stuff because we were sort of two halves of a whole. Mm. And to this day, she's my go-to person. And we've become very good friends. And I was really, really wrong. It's interesting what you said. Let's talk a bit about what happens when you judge someone. So what happens to you? What happens to them? What happens to the situation? So you said, I wrote her off, you know, kind of very early. So that's one thing that happens, right? You kind of create a separation with the other person by writing them off in your head. Yeah. And I'm thinking along those lines, there was an organization I worked with where in two separate countries, and I'm sure you found this a lot, there were these quite different attitudes to the other country. So you have a bunch of leaders in one country, a bunch of leaders in the other country, and they would write off the skills and competence and the mindset of the leaders in the other country, even though, you know, they're all peers reporting up to a group. And just quite interesting behavior. What happens when you write someone off? They would be quite dismissive of the other side's skills and competence. They'd be quite dismissive of the culture or the environment in the other side. And so it became really hard for them to close that gap because they wrote the other side off so quickly. And, you know, a lot of hard work had to follow to be able to close the gap and bring them together. And we can talk a bit about what that might be a little bit later in this episode. Right. So basically what we're saying is when we judge, when we critique and we write a person, a whole group Mm. off, we isolate ourselves. Right. And we're elevating ourselves. I'm better than. We're better than. Which is not a good place to be at work. That's a great way to say it. I love that. So you isolate yourself because you're not putting yourself out there to collaborate, to join in any way. I've elevated myself. I'm better than you. So don't even bother. And when that happens, something else you said earlier was not on this episode, but before was about your own credibility when you do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's two results, one for the other person and one for yourself. Yeah. When you write somebody off, that hurts. They feel it. They know it. They don't know what they've done to deserve it. Because frequently, we're not saying those thoughts out loud. But our behavior, our pulling away from them, our ignoring them, our dismissing of their remarks in a team setting Mm. says, I don't see you. I don't want to see you. Forget about you. And it's painful. It's absolutely painful. Yeah. There's a coldness, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. On the other side, the person that's judging is also getting judged. Mm. You know, Mm. what's happening is that people are observing the behavior and they're saying, I don't know what is going on with that person, but it's not cool. It's not cool. Whether they let slip some snide put downs Mm. you know, or some judgmental comments, or it's just the freezing out. I mean, the judging is both verbal and nonverbal. And so then what happens is that the person that's judging, their reputation goes down the tubes. Yeah, yeah. Well said. Okay, so that's what we mean by judging. That's what happens when you do it. Anything else you want to add to that before we go on to the... Yeah, I I do want to say something about the kind of the psychology of it, okay? As I said at the beginning, 
to judge is to be human. All right. So we don't have to turn it around and then just get very judgmental with ourselves. Like, oh, I'm such a horrible person because I walk around all day judging. What we need to do as human beings is, you know, we talk all the time about the self-awareness piece Mm. is that you need to hear that inner voice of yours and hear it being so negative and nasty and say, shut the fuck up. And what Mm. the hell are you doing? And what's this about? Because the question really is not about what is or isn't okay about another person. The Mm. question is, what's happening in me? Why did that person trip me off? Why did that person cause me to, you know, just like blow smoke? And it's different for different people. But I will frequently with clients say like, have you met this type of person before in your life? You know, is this a type of person that just sets you off? Mm. And pretty much everybody, you know, I certainly, if I ask myself that question, yeah, like a cold person Mm. or uh, that person will like, I don't trust that person, you know, or somebody who needs to talk all the time and hear their own voice. So it's like, you have to ask yourself, what in me got set off? Yeah. And then sit with that talk to yourself about that and realize that all the people that you work with are not necessarily whatever, some person in your past that you had such a horrible experience with. And that you need to get a grip on this. It is not healthy to be overly critical all the time. It is not healthy. So in a way, that's the first step, really. So what do we do about it when we find ourselves judging others a lot? Or even if we're judging an individual so sit with it, figure out right. in your own head why you are doing that. Right. So that's first. So second, there's an approach that I, I think you and I would both endorse. What brings it to mind for me is I remember, might even be you who told me this, I, I can't remember if, so I'm sorry if I'm not <laughs> attributing it to you. But, but um, I remember once, and it wasn't that long ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, I forget, when someone said to me, you know, everybody is trying to do their best all the time. Yeah. And you might think, oh, judge someone, go, how can they possibly be doing their best day? They are not <laughs> acting in the best interest of this or that, or they, you know, you might look at a politician and do the same. But with that starting place, I find that for me, that's a good starting place. When I think, look at someone in a leadership role and I'm going, what are they doing? Why are they doing that? And so trying not to judge them, I go, they're trying to do their best. And if they're trying to do their best, then you need to understand what their competence is. And you need to understand their backstory, particularly their backstory. How did they get to this point so that their best isn't in your head what needs to happen right now? So I always think that secondly, once you've kind of sat with this and figured out that you are doing it, is to sit down with the other person and, and listen to their story. Yeah. You know, who the heck are they and how did they come to be that person and the journey they've been on? So you can understand that. Now, you might not connect or empathize with very much of that story, but at least you've heard it, right? Right. So really listen to that story. And I guess the corollary to that would be show some respect for that story, that that journey. And that might be really difficult to do. But if you go in with it thinking they're trying to do their best, I personally find it easier to have some respect for the story. And I think the other thing that happens if you listen and you offer minimal amount of respect, Mm. I think it's really hard 
not to feel empathy at that point. Yeah. Because even if it's completely outside of your experience, even if it's something that, I don't know, just feels off to you. Uh, I remember I was doing this executive team building session and everybody had to answer the question, describe something that was particularly challenging to you in childhood that you overcame. And this one guy who I had judged as being absolutely pompous asshole proved the point by saying what was really challenging for him as a child was that he was so much smarter than everybody else that he never quite fit in and he kept getting promoted into higher grades. So he was always the youngest one. And I remember sitting there thinking, well, that explains a lot. And in the next moment, I thought, this is so sad that this 60-ish year old man chose that story to tell while other people were describing growing up with alcoholic parents or stuttering or, I mean, the stories were really touching. And I felt empathy for the man when he described this because the insecurity was so obvious to me. Mm -hmm. So I think empathy kicks in. Yeah, empathy kicks in. Even with people that feel very far afield from where you are. Yeah, so for me, that then leads to the kind of final part of what to do about it, which is once you've listened to the journey and respected the journey, at least some of the journey, it's then trying to find that that overlap with the other right. person. There's got to be some some commonality somewhere, something you have in common with them. Because if you can find an overlap, you know, there are the Venn diagram with the two circles, and then there's got to be some overlap there somewhere. And, you know, there you find the humanity in the other person and you find the humanity in yourself. So I think that to me is that overlap. I remember when I first met one of my very good friends. First of all, he was a CEO at the time. I didn't know him. First time I'd met him, he was a CEO, quite a large organization, came to be a very good friend of mine. But at the time, you know, as as a client... Obviously, I was advising and trying to support and help him, but I would be judging him as well. There are many aspects of him, of his personality and his world that I just didn't connect with and didn't understand and and would judge. Things like political views, for example, were quite Mm -hmm. different. But I found a way to find an overlap, which was mostly at that time in humor. And then once you find an overlap, you can sort of expand outwards, right? Yes. So that more of the two circles are filled with the overlap. And over time, he became a really very, very close friend of mine and uh, still have different political points of view. But I think that's an interesting way to think about it. And if you're a leader with a peer in an organization, senior leader has a peer in an organization, you might be judging in this way. You're going to be in competition with the other person a lot of the time. Exactly. I was just going to say. Yeah, but finding some overlap. Right. That's a wonderful story. And at the tail end there, talking about competition, I think that fuels so much judgment because, again, as we said a little earlier, if you elevate yourself and isolate yourself and put yourself above others, yeah, well, then I'm going to win this round. I'm going to declare myself the victor here. Yeah. And it's not a pretty picture. And I would say that you know, not to expand too far afield here, but one of the responsibilities of the CEO Mm. on an executive team is to be sure that that competition amongst the peers is minimal. 
Right. Because otherwise, it's just a slugfest. And there are no overlapping commonalities. And that's, I think, the special responsibility of a CEO is to be sure that people's stories get heard, people's stories get respected, empathy gets developed amongst the peers so that the commonalities are accentuated versus the, you know, again, the, the more human, competitive, judgmental aspects. Yeah, great. Anything further that we should add? No, this was fun to talk about. And for any of our listeners who find this a particularly challenging topic for themselves or their leadership teams, we'd be happy to help. Buy the merch. Buy the merch, yeah. (laughs) The the merch for us is the book. But um, yeah, no, absolutely. We'd be delighted to do so. So yeah, look forward to the next conversation, Nikki. And we'll catch up again very, very soon. Thank you, Gav. Thank you. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.